Good morning. In today's readings, we hear about the topic of baptism, specifically the baptism of Jesus. That time in the life of Jesus, when he wandered down to the banks of the Jordan River and was baptized by his cousin John. It was also the time we hear God proclaim God's love for Jesus. The Spirit of God descended upon Jesus and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. It was at that point in his life that Jesus began his ministry. It was at that point that Jesus became a part of something bigger than himself. What about our own baptisms? If you're like me, you don't remember the day you were baptized. I was baptized at Garden City Presbyterian Church in Garden City, Michigan. It was April of 1959, and I was three months old at the time. I am sure that my family was there, along with their friends, reciting vows that professed their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, renouncing evil and affirming their reliance on God's grace. They declared their intention to participate actively and responsibly in the worship and mission of the church and declared their intention to provide for the Christian nurture of their child. As it turned out, I grew up in an unchurched home. There was very little mention of God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. The only time I remember being in church was when I was staying the night at my grandparents' house. It wasn't until my teen years that I finally asked my mother why I was baptized if we weren't going to go to church. Her response to me was, we had you baptized because your grandmother believed that if you weren't baptized and something happened to you, God would not welcome you into heaven. So I guess in my grandmother's mind, my soul would be cast out into the abyss, or purgatory as some faiths call it, along with all the other unbaptized souls. Wait, didn't we just hear in the reading from Mark, you are my beloved, with you I am well pleased? Aren't we God's beloved children before we are baptized into a Christian community? Aren't we God's beloved ch children simply because we exist? In the Episcopal Church, our baptismal covenant found on page 304 of the Book of Common Prayer is a small catechism for using during the rite of initiation into the church. Armin Trout and Slocum, in their An Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, note that the baptismal covenant is widely regarded as a normative statement of what it means to follow Christ. In these questions and answers, the congregation expresses ways each the faithful will live their faith 
both inside and outside the church walls. The first four questions are patterned on the Apostles' Creed. Following these questions, the covenant includes five questions regarding how we, as Christians, are called to live out our faith with firm commitment and a reliance on God's help. In my mind, God's love for us exists with or without baptism. God's love for us does not have to be earned. God's love for us is unconditional. In a reflection on baptism of Jesus, Lutheran pastor and author Nadia Bowles Weber wrote the following, and I quote, you know the one thing I love most about the baptism of our Lord text is not just that God the Father says, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased, but that God says this before Jesus has really done anything. Think about it. God did not say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased because he has proved to me that he deserves it. He has quiet time with me each morning and always reads his Torah. And because, boy, can he heal a leper. Nope. As far as we know, Jesus hadn't even done anything yet, and he was called beloved. That's God for you. Because in your own baptisms, God proclaims that in you, his beloved children, God is also well pleased. In the waters of your baptism, God claimed and named you as God's own. Whether it was as an infant or a youth or an adult, whether, you were, whether your baptism happened in a church you can't even remember, or in a river at summer camp, or in a church you love, or one that no longer welcomes you to take communion. Your baptism, no matter the circumstance, was most certainly an act of God upon you. Not an act of faith that you or someone else was giving to God. Baptism is God's. Act of gospel love. She goes on to say, and is in my tradition, whenever preaching about baptism, here's my standard offer. If you have never been baptized, we have water right here, plenty of it. Come find me during open space and we'll do it right now because you already belong to God. You are already God's beloved. That feels like kind of a love that heaven can't contain. A love that is yours quite apart from what you do or don't do. Beloved, be loved. Just sit and be loved, even if it hurts. Just sit and be loved and be the beloved of God. For this is what pleases him. End quote. I want to back up a little bit and finish up my own baptismal story. So obviously, 
I have become a person of faith and have recognized my love for God and my love for Jesus. The thing that is the thing that I don't think that I would have continued to reach out to God and love God if God had not first loved me. It is in knowing that I am a beloved child of God, that we all are beloved children of God, that I can recognize that through my baptismal vows, I am being called to be a part of something bigger than myself. Christianity is hard. Following Jesus is hard. Loving your neighbor is sometimes very hard. And we as human beings know that we can't do it alone. I believe it is in knowing that we are beloved children of God that we find the strength to recommit ourselves every day to the baptismal vows that we took or were taken on our behalf many years ago. Each time we reaffirm, reaffirm our baptismal vows together in community, we receive the strength to live them. I invite you to take some time this week to remember that you are God's beloved children. Take courage in that love and live that love in the world, remembering that we are all beloved children of God. Amen. Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>